0: So glad you're here. Welcome to a new series that we're calling Gone Fishing, Gone Fishing. I love that story, and really, that story was our story last week. So I, I want to give a little recap to last week for those of you that were not able to be here, or maybe it's your first time here and we're so pumped you're here. Um, last week, we talked about the fact that, that followers fish. Followers fish. Would you say that with me? Followers fish say it real loud. Followers fish. That's right. Followers fish. We talked about Jesus followers fish. And as we launched into this brand new series, we asked the question that, that if we are not fishing, then who are we following? Because followers fish. That's what followers do. I mean, they, they, they don't have to pray about it. They don't have to fast about it. They don't have to, they, they just do it. It's just natural. Just like babies cry, followers fish. That's what followers do. They fish. And, and so as we launch into the series, I, I want us to keep that question in front of us that, that, that if I'm not following or if I'm not fishing, then, then who am I following? And the truth is I follow, you follow, we all follow someone don't we? We all follow something, right? I mean, social media, we follow, right? We fo- How many followers do you have? How many followers, you know? I saw a friend of mine, uh, um, Brian Hill is who it was, Matt, um, got to meet Brian, and uh, he did this hilarious Jimmy Fallon birthday. Did you see that video? And so he's like, you know, it, right in the journal, and the music comes on. He's like, dear Facebook, you know, and, Something to the, to the fact of, you know, thank you for, you know, 143 of my friends that went out of their way to wish me happy birthday. But it really depresses me, the other 2,000, you know, that, that totally forgot, you know. I mean, we follow on Instagram. How many followers do you have on, on Twitter? How many followers? People following people, following people, following people, following people, people, They follow people. Have you ever seen people do something that maybe was a little bit funny, and then you realize they just were actually following someone else? Or maybe for me, the aha moment was when I was talking to a mentor, one of my mentors. And he said, Tim, your children will follow you. They'll follow you. They'll watch your face, they'll watch your facial expressions, they'll watch the way you pout, and they will learn to pout. They'll watch the attitudes that you have, and and those are some of the same attitudes that that will surface (laughs) that you will not appreciate. Are you with me? I mean, uh, no one greater than our children to follow us. In fact, I remember when I was a little boy, about my son's age, Jaden, y'all pray for him, he's sick, oh man, our whole... Uh, all of our kids got sick this week. Jaden made it last night till about 8 o'clock, man, and then, then he got it too. But when I was Jaden's age, about eight years old, we lived out on a farm, and my dad would work all day, right? And he would come home, and then he would work some more. And he would go out into the field. We lived on a little over four acres, and he would get the tiller, and it, he'd get this tiller, and uh, he'd crank the thing up, and he'd go out to the field, and he would till, he would plow that ground because he wanted a garden and it was a huge garden man it was a really big garden and and i remember dad would wear his boots man he put on these big old boots and as dad would walk in these big old boots that would leave these huge prints i remember as a little boy i would just be outside i wanted to follow daddy i wanted to put my foot in the footsteps of dad And I wanted to just follow him, and I'll never forget when Dad, holding that plow, man, and he had the six different speeds, man, he's doing this and getting a workout. And I remember him turning around, and I I remember the look of pleasure on his face when he saw his little boy following his footsteps. Following is just a natural thing. I mean, we do it all the time. In fact, well, isn't that the truth? That's one of the things we hate about traffic and driving, right? I mean, if you're in the, if you're in the left lane and they should be in the right lane and, and, and they're going under the speed limit and you have somewhere to go, I mean, ten what, what, what about 10 miles per hour under the speed limit? And, and, and they're, just, they're just happy to be here, you know? Maybe they're lost, maybe they're confused, maybe they hit the turn signal, and then they hit the brake, and then they take it off, and then they drive, then they hit the turn signal, and then they hit the brake, and then they turn it off, and then you get what I'm saying. And it's like, ah! And, and sometimes following leads to frustration. And we think, we think, if I could just get around you, <laughs> You could eat my dust. <laughs> you know. I, I wouldn't have to follow you anymore, right? Doesn't following sometimes lead to frustration? It sure does, doesn't it? And you know what? In this, in this series, that's really where I want to hone in today. In this series, Gone Fishing, my, my prayer, and I think God's greatest desire, is that we would fish. But before we ever fish, must come a commitment to follow before we ever fish, must come a commitment to follow. Because following precedes fishing. Would you say that with me? Following precedes fishing. Last week, we went to Mark chapter 1, and we read a couple of verses. Verse 17 and 18, just in a recap. Verse 17, Jesus called out to them, come, Follow me, and I will show you how. I love that how to fish for people. And they left their nets. I mean, they left their nets. They left their nets at once. They dropped their nets. Man, if I've heard my daughter sing it once, I've heard her sing it a thousand times since the movie Frozen has come out. Let it go. Let it go. They let it go. They dropped their nets and they followed Jesus. Then in Luke 5, same story, um, different angle. Luke 5 last week, we talked about and read the verse that they left everything and they followed Jesus. And I want to I begin today with a question. And that question is pretty simple. But that question is, is convicting. It convicts me. It 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 penetrates me because there's there's a little bit of of a of a sharp edge, a little bit of a point on on this hook, if you please. And and the question is the question for me, the question for you, the question for us today is what nets are we holding? I mean, what nets are you and I holding that is keeping us from following Jesus? Religion is a net that a lot of people hold. And they feel comfortable when they hold that net. I mean, they just, you know, they grab the horn of religion. They think they got it. I mean, come on, Jesus got to be pleased with me. You know, I go to church every Sunday, you know, most every Sunday. Okay, twice a month, every month, okay. But, uh, you know, uh, some people say, you know, man, do you go to church? No, I'm, and then they name their denomination. You know, well, when, do you, do you go to? Do you have a church you go to normally? Yeah, yeah. What church do you go to? Well, it's uh, um, um, what is that name? It's uh, over there. I, I go every Sunday. It's uh, you know, I mean, religion is a net that people get white knuckled all about, man. Religion, religion is also a net too. By the way, uh, it, it will ensnare you. It will trap you. It will mess you up because religion says it's what I do. It's what I must do. To make God happy, in other words, I know the ship has wrecked. I know, I know that that I'm not where I should be, and so I've got to do this, and then do this, and then do this, and then do this, and then do this. Are you getting tired already? I'm getting tired. I got to do this, and if I don't do that, if I do, and it just religion just wears people out. Satan loves religion. You know, I was thinking about. So I was preparing for this, I was thinking about how that Satan lied to Eve, God had told Eve and Adam, don't eat it, do not eat the fruit, there's just one tree, don't eat it, and then Satan just, just added two words to what God said, God said, in the day you touch it, you will die, that's pretty effective communication, would you say so, right, right, You you will die. We we understand that. And Satan came in and he said, you will, insert not, insert surely die. He just added to what God said. Be careful when you add to what God said. That's what religion does. Religion adds to what God says. In fact, religion says that obedience brings acceptance. Obedience brings acceptance acceptance. And we have a totally new, totally better message than that. The gospel says that acceptance brings obedience. Acceptance the truth is, you are accepted by God. God loves you. God knows everything about me. God knows everything about you. God knows everything about us, and He chooses to love us. He chooses to embrace us. He chooses to accept us, to accept us anyways. And, and really what it comes down to is, will you accept that? And oftentimes, it's nets, it's different nets. For some people, it's the net of money. For some people, it's the net of pride. For some people, it's the net of possession that keeps them truly dropping it because it's too valuable. And so they hang on and they hold on. And ultimately, what hangs in the balance is they never follow and they never have the enjoyment of fishing Because if you fish, and if you fish the right way, you're going to catch. And if you love to fish out there, come on. Is there anything better than the fight? Is there anything better than the adventure? Is there anything better than when you know, oh my gosh, we got a big one. Let's get it in the boat. Is there anything better than that? But for some people, dropping their nets is a thing that they can't let go of, and it prevents them from fully following Jesus. Fully following Jesus. I want to read a story today. Look at the screens. We're going to go to John chapter 1. I want to read. Now this is the story before the story. Don't we love this? We go to movie theaters. We're watching the movie. We're watching the movie. And then all of a sudden, in the middle of the movie, we are right here on the timeline. But then all of a sudden, the movie drops back here. And it gives us a little pre-story to the story. And we love that in our mind. We're putting it all together. And we're like, oh, okay, okay. We're putting the pieces of the movie together. Well, in John chapter 1, it, it tells us um, about the statement that I made last week. The statement I made is here was Jesus and he was walking. There was James and they were, there was John. These were brothers. Their father was a fisherman. We talked about how that Peter and Andrew, they were born to fish. I mean, James and John, their father, um, uh, their, their dad, I mean, he, he, uh, he was a fisherman. He was a fisherman. They were born to fish. They watched daddy. They followed daddy. They learned from daddy. They were born to fish. And then Jesus, Jesus ends up coming, and uh, he ends up getting in a boat and telling them, hey, take let, let, let's go out here. Let's go to the deep. Let's go fishing. And, and two, two were fishing, and two were mending their nets. You remember the story last week? And then they catch so many fish, the Bible says that both boats, they began to sink. And I made a statement that was something that I learned in studying. That's why you ought to read the Bible. That's why you ought to study the Bible. I'm telling you, God's Word is alive. This is not just a book. I want you to understand, this is the book. Men have died over the truths in this book. There have been people martyred. People have burned this book in ages and throughout society. People have tried to do away with this book, but this is God's word. It's preserved forever in heaven and you cannot get rid of God's word. Are you with me today? That's the truth. People have died for it. People have fought over it. People people have abused it. People have leveraged this for their own pride and that's why some people today, man, I don't want anything to do with it. You think about about through the ages, but I want to tell you something. This is alive and when you read it it will read you i uh, I remember growing up someone told me um, and I wrote it in my Bible they said they said um this book that either this book will keep you from sin or sin will keep you from this book and I wrote it down and went wow like either this book will keep me from sin like I read this morning i, I Try to read a proverb, it's not hard. Proverbs will give you wisdom. Wisdom is skilled living in life. We all need it, whether you believe in Jesus yet or not, you need wisdom. Whether you're a businesswoman, businessman or not, you need wisdom. And if you read a proverb a day, it will keep stupidity away. And I tried to read a proverb a day, it's pretty easy. Today is the sixth, all right? Is today the sixth, is that right? So today, guess what I read? This morning, Proverbs chapter six. You know what it talked about? Adultery. Talked about uh, being wise and as a man. And that was cool because we just had moment yesterday, and we're talking about Samson and how Samson was led astray from his own desires. And it, there's just wisdom there. When you read this book, it will get in you. It will read you. It will equip you. It will equip you to follow. So here's, before I read the story, here's what I want us to understand today. Before we ever get in a boat and say, let's go fishing, man, we better understand that before, before we fish, we follow. Before we fish, we follow. Here it is, John chapter 1, look at the screen, John chapter 1, verse 35, John 1, we're going to read through verse 41, and I'm going to read today from the New Living Translation. The following day, John was again standing with two of his disciples. Now this John is not the John, the Apostle John, whose book we are reading. This John is John the Baptist. This was the cousin of Jesus, John the Baptist. John the Baptist came before Jesus, and his role and his goal in life was to prepare the way for Jesus. His goal and his role was to get people to repent. Repent. I want to talk about that word repent real quick. I hope you write this down, man. If you've got your smartphones out, you've got your tablets, you've got a pen, write this down. Because God's word talks about repentance. God's word talks about repentance. Repentance is, a, is a, not a popular thing, but it's a holy thing. And it's a good thing. Repentance. Repentance is when I turn my heart and my affection to God. Write that down. Repentance is when I do a 180. Repentance is when I turn my heart and my affection to God. That's what repentance is. And, and John the Baptist was saying, repent. Get ready. Make your lives available. Because the kingdom of heaven is at hand. God is coming. In other words, people, I mean, there had been silence Since the last book of the Bible was written and Jesus on the scene, the birth of Christ. And John the Baptist is like the alarm clock. John the Baptist, his goal and role was to wake people up to Jesus coming. It's kind of like out on 98 where I live. They've been repaving the road. They've been making it smooth, making the path straight, making it better. And John the Baptist was bringing people's attention, getting them ready for someone better coming who had some serious truth that people did not want to sleep through. And so John the Baptist is standing with two of his disciples. As Jesus walked by, John the Baptist looked at Jesus and he declared, look. In other words, John the Baptist spoke up. John the Baptist is getting ready to point his disciples to Jesus. John the Baptist was a follower of Jesus. I want to say a couple of things here. Number one, followers, they fish. But followers, that's awesome. You got it right. You got 100. Yeah. Let me just tell you, I just got 100. How about that? How you doing? How you doing? Followers fish. But I want to tell you something. Followers point to Jesus. You know what I love is what God gave us. He gave us that we are a, what is momentum? We are a community of, I thought it was momentum followers. I thought it was religious followers. Thank God it's not Tim Payne followers. That's me, right? <laughs> Jesus followers, who together are an unstoppable force for. Good, driven, to Come on, say it with me now. Change the world. What are we going to do? We're going to change. Don't you love that part of it? Man, if you didn't get God bumps there, buddy, i will tell you something, man. You need to go jump in the ocean, man. I'm telling you. And just, just wake up, man. That gave me chills when I saw that. And that's the deal. But we're Jesus followers. And John the Baptist points to Jesus. He doesn't point to himself. He doesn't say, he doesn't try to distract his disciples from Jesus. He points them to Jesus. We don't want to point people to anything but Jesus. That's what Jesus followers do. If we point you towards momentum, you may move one day. You're, maybe you're in the military and you get reassigned somewhere else. You get stationed somewhere else. Or you're here and your job, your business moves you. And then you just say, man, I did never find a church like momentum. I did never find momentum, man. And for 30 years you're out of church because momentum is who you were following. Listen, you better follow Jesus. You better follow Jesus because Jesus will go wherever you go. He said I'll never leave you nor forsake you and if 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 God forbid but if 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 you get transferred to some place where you feel like you're totally alone and there isn't a church you find a church but I want to tell you something Jesus will be there. And when we follow Jesus we realize the difference between organic and artificial. Religion puts stuff on us. Religion shoulds on us. It shoulds on us. Doesn't it? That's what religion does. That's why some people, they hate it. It shoulds on us because it it says you should do this, you should do that, you should, you should, you should. That's what religion does. You follow Jesus. You look at Jesus and you follow him and Jesus is totally going to totally change the game. And it's going to be uh, an adventure you will never, ever forget. And John the Baptist says, look, the lamb. You know, the way I've I memorized it growing up, he says, behold, some of y'all know that verse, right? Behold, the lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. And John the Baptist says, look, by the way, they knew that there would come a lamb one day. There would be the spotless lamb of God. That's Genesis 3.15. Right after Adam and Eve sin, God told them a great truth that this has happened. But one day, in the gospel, happens in Genesis three fifteen. Write that down. Read that verse later. That's a deep theological truth there. Called a word that you won't remember, and it's a long word, but it's it's a it's a powerful truth. The truth is that at the very beginning, God already had a plan. After man had messed up. And now, John the Baptist is pointing, look, there is the Lamb of God, he says. And when John's two disciples heard this, they followed John the Baptist for life. No, if you read your Bibles, that's not what it says, right? When they heard this, look at the screens. When they heard this, they followed, they followed, they followed Jesus. And Jesus looked around and he saw them following. When I studied, here's what what I learned. Um, In other words, they're following Jesus. Jesus is out in front. That means Jesus is in front if I'm following Jesus. That means Jesus is showing me the way. That means that that I don't have to worry about my heart um, leading me um, because my heart is following his heart. Wherever his heart goes, I'm just going to be right behind him. It's kind of like you got a trailer behind the vehicle. Wherever the vehicle goes, the trailer goes. Because the trailer is following the vehicle. Right? That good truth? And Jesus' followers are just right behind Jesus. And if Jesus is like, walk this way, then we're going to walk this way. And if Jesus is like, we're going this way, then we're going this way. Because we're just followers. We're just, we're just hitched. To the master. Whichever way he's going, we're going. You with me? That's the truth. And, and what I learned is that Jesus is walking and they are following, by the way, um, most theologians, they really believe that John the apostle, the, the book that we're reading here, he was one of them. When you read this book, John, he never points to himself. Jesus' followers have humility. They have humility. It's not about them. They don't need the credit. They don't need everyone to know. Jesus followers just want to point to Jesus. That's what John the Baptist did. They just point to Jesus. And so here it is. They are following. They are so, and the Bible's getting ready to tell us who one of them is, but they are so wowed that they are actually following Jesus that they're not even talking. They're not even saying a word. Have you ever, has that ever happened? Have you ever, have you ever been in the presence of greatness? Have you ever seen a celebrity or an athlete, maybe a singer, um, maybe you're on vacation and and you're in the city and all of a sudden, all of a sudden you see someone famous? Have you ever seen someone famous before? Have you ever seen someone famous got some butterflies? Anyone at all? Anybody out there? Anyone? All right. A bunch of (laughs) liars. Okay, it's just me. It's just me. All right, I remember being in uh, New York City in. And uh, we went on a mischievous trip. It was early in the morning. Long story short, uh, we were there with maybe even some people here today. And uh, we were out there. And I promised everyone, make it through the week. And at the very end of Friday night, we'll stay up. We'll go downtown. Well, there was a movie being made. It was called Made in Manhattan. Jennifer Lopez was the star. And there was something happening between her and a dude named Ben Affleck. 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 And, and, um... So we're standing out there, and we see this cop, and so we go over, me and a guy named Eric, and we're talking to him, and the dude's listening to Christian music, and, and, and we're like, wow, that's crazy, New York City, who would think, and he's listening to Christian music, and we're like, we're preachers, and mission trip, and wow, and, and he says, man, I'm probably not supposed to do this, but I'm actually, um, I'm actually working, because Jennifer Lopez getting ready to walk out that door right there, so why don't y'all go stand here, and he positioned us to be able to meet her. And so we're out there, and there's a group of us, and she comes out, and I mean, Jennifer Lopez is right here, and I'm right here, and Eric's right here, and that was just like kind of, kind of wow moment, right? And um, not that I've ever seen Made in Manhattan before, but um, it's chick flicks, things you do for your wives, right? And, um, and so she's right here, and there are these two girls over there, and, and they are freaking out, but there's also, I believe... Um, um, the editor for People Magazine, who's also standing over here, and she's got New York City written all over. She's on the phone. Her phone's blowing up. She's got two cell phones, type of thing. No, 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 she's just rocking and rolling, and and she's getting the story. Because after Jennifer's here, she goes in a little trailer, and a vehicle, black vehicle, pulls up real fast, and a dude named Ben gets out and goes in this trailer, and um, and they start they start kissing. And you could, you could see it. The little light is on. And they're just, they're, 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 they're kissing. It's hot and heavy. And, and these two girls over here are, they're like, oh my gosh. They're still freaked out. They're freaked out. In fact, when she walked up, they're like, oh my gosh, Jennifer Lopez. Oh my gosh, Jennifer They're just freaking out. We're like, you're ruining it for us, you know. We want to tell her about Jesus, you know. And, and so they're doing this thing. And they were all freaked out. It's kind of the story here. You thought I was off on a rabbit trail. I'm not. They were following Jesus, and there was this moment where they're like, they're looking at each other, and they're following Jesus. They're like, it's like, is this really happening? And then Jesus, who knows, like my dad knew I was behind him. Jesus, who knows, they're behind him. Jesus turns around, and he looks at him. He asks him a question. Look at the scripture. He says, what do you want? Because some people only follow Jesus for what they want. That's why in John chapter 6, verse 66, think about that, 666, 6, 6. John 666, after Jesus had fed over 5,000 people and they spent the night there, and he, there, there was food, they were all filled, and they spent the night, they wake up in the morning, they think Jesus is going to give them a, a, another meal, I mean, what's for breakfast, Jesus? I mean, come on, come on, we saw what you did with the little fish and the bread, what you going to do now, pull something out of the hat, Jesus? But Jesus and his disciples were gone. They'd already crossed to the other side. And they're like, what? They didn't let us know. We didn't get the memo. And so they're heading there following Jesus. And then here they come. Jesus, we, 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 we're not happy. We already missed breakfast. What you going to do for lunch? And it was so many people. One of the, one of the disciples said, we, it would be more than eight months salary to feed this crowd. That's a pretty big salary. And they come, they say, Jesus, here we are, man. And Jesus says to them, you read the verse, John 6.66. 66. But, but Jesus says, some of y'all, you're following me because what you want. You're not following just because the miracle. You're following for what you want me to do again for you. And the Bible says, John six sixty six, that at that time, many of his disciples no longer followed Jesus. Because he gave them a hard truth. And so here it is that now these disciples, they're following Jesus. Jesus turns around and he says, what do you want? He asked me. And they replied, Rabbi, which means teacher. Notice their question. Where are the miracles? Now they say, where are you staying? We know what you've done. We believe what you can do but we just want to be with you. I think of the word intimacy there. You know what we struggle with as Jesus followers? We struggle with busyness. Busyness, busyness is the enemy of intimacy. We get so busy in our lives that we don't have time to really follow Jesus. And what I want to tell you today, and we struggle with it, we're, we're the generation that we're always on. I mean, we're checking Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at the same time. I mean, we got the laptop right there, the iPhone, and the iPad, baby, and we just, we rocking and rolling. That's how we roll, right? We, we got it all here, and we always, got to respond right back. You know, a friend of mine said the other day, and I, I thought it was so funny, um, how's that sometimes... Um, in, in their line of work, they'll get so many emails and people are like, why haven't you emailed me back? I mean, but it's only been a minute, you know? And, and how many of you, you get this? This is your world, right? is this your world? You know, I, I um, had an appointment for 30 minutes and I turned my cell phone, um, I just flipped it over because I want to be present with people. And I had 47 text messages come in. 30 minutes. And people... In those 47, we're wondering, why aren't you getting back with me, T-Pain? Hello, come on, are you there? You know, it must be nice. You know, they didn't say this stuff. Um, but sometimes that's what people think, you know. And it's like, man, I'm only one person. I've not figured the cloning thing out yet, right? But all the emails come in. It's like, man, respond, respond. And that's our life. We've got to be on. have got to do this so much. And if we're not careful, we never shut it down. We never slow down. And the truth is, prevents us from following closely. And we get frustrated because maybe sometimes as Jesus followers, we're trying to fish, but we're not really following. We're just holding nets. I'll close with this thought. Jesus says, come and see. And the Bible says that they not only came with Jesus, but they spent The day with them because they just wanted to be with Jesus. I love that John the Baptist pointed to Jesus. You know, I've grown up in church for a long time. My dad's a pastor, and 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 um, you know, when we started this church, our our goal was not to steal people from other churches. We want to fish. We believe that we're called to be fishers of men, not swappers of aquarium, aquariums. And sometimes, sometimes people, sometimes Jesus does lead you to a different church. And and I'm all for that. If Jesus is leading someone to a different church, we've had people come here. I'll never forget um, last Man, a while ago, there's a family that I loved with all my heart, man, and, and they we, we had helped their family, and, and they just said, you know, we're just going to go to another church. And I, I you know, it was the first time being a senior pastor, I've been a campus pastor, an adult pastor, and youth pastor, and children's pastor, I've done all of this, that, but first time being a senior pastor, and, and I felt in my heart the hurt of that, you know, it kind of felt a little bit like betrayal, but I had to remind myself, Tim, you know what, it, it's, it's not about it's not about this, it's about that. And if Jesus is leading them to another church, then someone throw a party because they're actually following Jesus. I, I remember in, my, in the ministry, um, I remember when God called me to do something different, when God moved me, when God led me, and I, I remember I was following him, but there were people around me that just didn't get it. When you follow Jesus, there are people that they won't understand you. You know why they won't understand you? Because they're over here and you're moving. You're moving, you're following Jesus because Jesus isn't about staying still. Jesus, you know, the church, by the way, is not about location. Church isn't about location, the church is about movement. And so Jesus just keeps moving. He, Jesus is moving. What's up, Junior? What's up, Mama Gail? Alfonso, how you doing? Jesus is just about moving. He just wants to move around. What's up, Chris? Jesus just wants to move around and continue to touch people. That's what Jesus does. He loves to move and touch people. He loves to get in people's lives and make a difference. And if you're following him, it means there's movement in your life. So is there movement in your life? Or are you just like happy with a status quo? Before we fish, we must follow? I want to ask you this question today. But first, I want to give you a truth. I want you to memorize it. Here's what I want you to think about all week. Jesus followers follow Jesus. That's a message in four words. Jesus followers, that's who we are as momentum. Jesus followers follow Jesus. And if I point you to Jesus today, I just want to follow in John the Baptist's foot- Footprints, and I just want to do what he did because he got it right. And sometimes that costs you personally, because sometimes greater good happens. But follow Jesus. And the question, we'll bow our heads and pray. That the question today is, is what's keeping you from following Him? For the person who God is not on your radar, you're not a Christian. I want to speak to you just for a minute. I want to speak to your heart just for a minute. Can I tell you that the greatest thing, the greatest thing that you can ever do with your life is surrender it to the one that wired you, that created you, that has unbelievable fulfillment waiting for you. If you'll follow him, it's not always easy. Not always easy. And in fact, for these guys that that wrote this, I love this. And people say, well, I don't believe the Bible. I don't believe that Easter's coming up. I love this. bit, But you know, there's there's proof. There's proof of this. We're not just swallowing. We're not drinking Kool-Aid hoping it's the deal. There's actually proof because these guys they didn't have to follow Jesus and they followed him to the point that when people said we will kill you because you are messing our stuff up. So, so say Jesus is not the way or die. They said we'd rather say he's the die. We, We'd rather say he's the way um, and we'd rather die because we know it to be true. And, and we have too much integrity to lie even though you're going to kill us. Some of them like Peter. That's Simon in this story. He's All the way martyred to the point that he was hung upside down. They're going to crucify him. And right as they get ready to nail him on the cross, he says, He says, no, 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 no. He says, I'm not even worthy to be crucified the same way my Savior was. What would make a person, a fisherman go to that extreme? The fact that he followed Jesus. The fact that he spent a day with Jesus. The fact that Jesus challenged him and said, follow me and we'll change the world. Peter had seen the world change. And when it came down to it, he would not recant. So this Christianity thing isn't just, man, a crutch. It's not just something for weak people. It's the truth. It's something you need. And you have a decision today. In all eternity, hear my voice today. All eternity... You will be reminded of this moment all eternity. What did you do with Jesus? Did you reject him? There's a consequence. Or did you accept him and follow him? And there's a reward. And your eternity hangs in the balance. And, and let me just tell you something. You say, well, I don't understand this. I don't, what about the scripture? I don't understand it all. I don't understand it all. But that's, thankfully, not what Jesus said had to happen for me to go to heaven. He didn't say you got to understand everything in the Bible. He didn't say you have to have zero doubt. He said, follow me, and I will. Will you follow him today? Would you give your life to Jesus? Number two, to Christians today, I, I, I want to I give a call today out of complacency to maybe step away from complacency, to step out of complacency because you, you're just casually following, but you're not committed Man, Jesus is not so much concerned with the size of the crowd, possibly as he is with the commitment in the crowd. Will you really follow Jesus? It's hard to read the Bible. We don't have time. But it's easy to be on Facebook 4.7 hours a week. I don't have time to pray. I'm too busy, man. I don't have time, but but I can do this, this, and this, and this, and, and I got time for this. When we follow, we just, we let it, let it go, and we follow. That's, that's, that's the invitation today, that's the question today, that's the truth today, that's what's penetrating my heart today and penetrating our heart today. That Jesus followers follow Jesus, and what nets are you holding that's keeping you from really fully following we're gonna get to the fish part but before you fish you follow